Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hello, my name is Laszlo Andor. I'm the Secretary General of FEPS, the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. And this is FEPS Talks, the podcast series of um, our organization. And we have a special topic today, and I have a special guest from Ukraine, Bogdan Ferenc, who is a founder of the Social Democratic Platform of Ukraine. And what else uh, should we speak about uh, than one year of this terrible war? This podcast interview is recorded um, shortly after the summit between the Ukrainian government and the European Commission, but before the first anniversary of the Russian invasion. When we speak about this, there is one expression that always comes to my mind, the day of infamy. This is an expression Franklin Roosevelt used after Japan attacked the United States at Pearl Harbor. And what is behind us in this year of war is nothing less dramatic. That's why my first question to Bogdan is how you look back to the shock of uh, the Russian invasion. Thanks a lot, dear Laszlo, for invitation. It's a big pleasure to be today with you and to cooperate with FAPS. A year has passed in the Russian full-scale invasion, and uh, the lives of millions of Ukrainians have completely changed. And I remember very well the first uh, minutes after the explosions, which woke up me and my pregnant uh, wife, and everything was like in a delirium, you know. And unfortunately, this delusional state still remains because we are still uh, waking up from the air raid alarms uh, and explosions of Russian missiles and uh, the war fields, the daily lives of people, and each time uh, reminding them of its terrible consequences. But Ukraine, as you know, we stood, and first of all, thanks to its armed forces and the cohesion of citizens and the support of, of course, Western countries. Without this support from, from our Western partners, I think it, it, the situation could be much worse. Uh, but nothing is over yet. And every day there are fierce battles on different sectors of the front. And the winter, by the way, uh, has not reduced the level of escalation, as some military experts predicted earlier. That's why one year uh, of Russia Russian uh, full-scale invasion, and it means that we are still uh, resisting this aggression and uh, we're still fighting for not only our sovereignty and territorial integrity, but for our values, for democracy and for desire to just to live in a free world. Um, I would assume that uh, most of our listeners are familiar with uh, the history of these 12 uh, months. Therefore, I ask you to highlight um, a few moments which, in your view, have been decisive during this uh, first year of the war, moments which affected you most. The most memorable moments uh, for me were when Kyiv, the capital of Ukraine, in the first weeks of a full-scale invasion was like a city after apocalypses, you know, 
uh, barricades, darkness, no people. And uh, as the Russian troops uh, uh, just located 30 kilometers from the center of the city. And as we knew after this, they tortured uh, Ukrainians. They just uh, made a lot of atrocities in Bucha, in Irpin and in Gostomel. And I think it was not only a shock for me personally, for Ukrainians, but for the whole civilized world. And after the Bucha, as you remember, the level of support from the European partners, EU member states, from the USA was dramatically increased. And uh, this great prince will always stay in my memory, unfortunately, but also in a broader geopolitical dimension, the first visit of European leaders, the decisions to provide Ukraine with the heavy weapons, uh, candidate status, help to bring hope that Ukraine is not alone in this fierce battle against atrocities, against authoritarianism and despotism. I think uh, we will remember for all our life uh, just this momentum. Uh, Let me ask you about something which uh, perhaps the international media doesn't cover that much, which is uh, the transformation of uh, Ukrainian society. Of course, on a daily basis, we follow the military developments, but not so much what is happening in society. Obviously, there is uh, what I would call a demographic disaster. So many people dying um, in the war, affected by the atrocities, leaving uh, the country basically millions. In these circumstances, how would you describe the social transformation and what, in your view, is giving strength to the Ukrainian people? Ukrainian society has been under stress for a year now, and uh, people have learned to live in new conditions. Uh, someone even says that many accustomed to war, but tell me, please, how can one get used to war crimes, for example, destructions or deaths of soldiers, many of whom were students, musicians, entrepreneurs, teachers, Theater actors, by the way, just yesterday, about 7 million of Ukrainians were forced to leave the country to protect their families from Russian aggression. But uh, despite the critically difficult situation, society from the first hours of the full invasion was able to mobilize as much as possible. The volunteer movement has reached an unprecedented level and the economy, albeit with a fall in GDP, of more than 30 percentage is still trying to stay afloat and people are still uh, ukrainians are trying just to provide some services you know to continue with their own entrepreneurship and uh, the the main task for everyone now is to survive save the country and be uh, as useful as possible in their places and if we will face some other how to say challenges inside our society we will solve, I think, uh, these problems, but after the end of the war. Indeed. You mentioned before the importance of European support or Western pro- uh, support more broadly, because in terms of the military, obviously the United States was uh, playing the leading role at the same time in terms of supporting uh, refugees, financial aid, but also in an increasing uh, way, the military as well. European solidarity has been uh, quite important. How would you assess this uh, from the point of view of the humanitarian, financial, which is also important, and the military? What in this one year has worked, in your view, and, and what has not worked, or what was insufficient? 
You know, without the supply of weapons, for example, we would not have been able to contain the bulk of Russian troops. Uh, and I think this is the first and very important remark. And uh, it is sometimes difficult, for example, for social democrats to accept that uh, the more weapons, the more effectively Ukrainians can prepare themselves for possible future negotiations. But pacifism, unfortunately, does not work uh, with an aggressive Kremlin. And Putin really understands only the language of force. Uh, and so Therefore, at the moment, I see no prerequisites for changing an approach that would help end the war quickly. It means that uh, here in Ukraine, we just faced a different uh, waves of hope and criticism towards, for example, uh, uh, from some of the Western countries. I remember April 2022, when we asked our partners for uh, providing Ukraine uh, uh, with uh, heavy weapons, with tanks, and uh, also with uh, the system uh, that will help us to save our sky. But at the same time, it was a tough discussions inside political circle and inside uh, European societies, especially in Germany. But after this uh, brutality that Russians made uh, with this uh, Bucha cases, European and others, the decision-making process just started to be more faster. At the same time, I think that with the more effective and more maybe brave political decisions from our Western partners, we could save more lives in Ukraine. And we, we just, we could be much more able to defend our, for example, critical infrastructure. Because now we are having this chat, but at the same time, uh, we don't have electricity, we use generators and so on. And for our economy, it's very difficult situation and for people to survive also. That's why, of course, we are expecting more support, different sphere, not only with weapons, but with humanitarian, uh, with financial sphere, because half of our budget, uh, unfortunately, is covering by the financial support from, from our Western partners. It means that only together we will we can just defend our common values with this, in this brutal war, uh, Russian war. You mentioned something um, which I believe is one of the most important lessons of uh, this period, that pacifism as such doesn't work in um, the current circumstances. And at the same time, I think uh, a lot of people always think about the possibility of restoring peace or possibility of achieving peace, which uh, can't be built on the basis of the previous assumptions. Nevertheless, I think a lot of people obviously wish uh, that uh, this war would end uh, with the best possible outcomes um, for Ukraine. And there is a connection between this and the delivery of weapons, because there is this paradigm that uh, the weapons deliveries are important to give strength to Ukraine for future negotiations with Russia to achieve first perhaps ceasefire, and in the long run, whenever the opportunity comes, also peace. Do you think this is the right uh, paradigm or right uh, approach? As I mentioned, uh, Putin really understands only the language of force. Uh, I think European leaders, just as Merkel and uh, President of France, they tried to use uh, different approaches in uh, cooperation or negotiations with Putin. 
you remember the Minsk agreement and uh, after the 2014 uh, some diplomatic rounds uh, before the full scale invasion a lot of visits from western leaders mm -hmm. and from western uh, uh, capitals to moscow to kremlin just to negotiate but but as we just see now everything was failed in the context of diplomacy it means that uh, now we have no other options just like to resist and uh, without <laughs> without weapons without people also because we we have to discuss also the necessity to to save our soldiers ukrainian soldiers not only uh, discuss and think about weapons uh, but uh, we have to survive somehow as a nation and also as a generation of ukrainians it means that with more modernized weapons with heavy tanks for example and with uh, some modern systems uh, against these Iranian drones and Russian missiles uh, you can just uh, survive and you can def defend your own countries your your, your families and uh, your children for example mm. but uh, at the same time we are realizing that uh, the war will end sometime some date and uh, the positions of rivals will depend on the situation on the front line it's my my personal opinion and for this we need more support from our partners so if we look at the front line what should guide our thinking and expectations in 2023 or at least in the first half of 2023 in the next stage of uh, this war it's difficult to predict the situation as we all know because uh, i personally i just had different feelings before the february 24 uh, 2022 as my a lot of my colleagues from the expert community of the, from the military for example expert community also because from the rational point of view for putin it was not so clear to start this brutal war but to, as we see war is not uh, only uh, the rational things it sometimes includes different uh, aspirations uh, different fears and uh, it means that now war is continuing uh, as we see my feeling at the first days of war was that it's not for one week or two weeks or two months my feeling was that we are unfortunately going into the long long conflict and it means that we have to find the proper uh, architecture preserve uh, european continent for more escalation uh, but uh, a lot of people uh, from the social democratic circle uh, discussing uh, how it is important to negotiate but as i mentioned be before you can negotiate with kremlin only on the position of, of force and it means that more unity we will have together with our partners more we will achieve as a european nation Indeed, I think um, before uh, finishing our conversation, I have to ask you about the organization you established and which you are leading. We have uh, met on a number of occasions online in the past here, which is uh, the Social Democratic Platform. I believe uh, many of our listeners uh, might not be familiar with the social democratic platform so i i would like to ask you to introduce uh, this organization and what you consider most important to be highlighted from your activities and plans thanks a lot for this question uh, dear laszlo because really i think uh, the path that social democratic platform just had for decade because we had celebrated 10 years anniversary in december just 2022 
shows us that uh, social democracy, European social democracy, uh, can exist in Ukrainian realities and not only can exist, but can be attractive for young people, for teachers, for example, because we have a very broad network of uh, progressive teachers uh, in different universities of Ukraine, more than 1000, and also for women uh, and for working families. It means that in Ukraine, as you know, but maybe it could be interesting for, for our listeners, that we don't have visible influential leftist or social democratic parties at all. Uh, but at the same time, uh, with this lack of presence at political level of progressive people or progressive leaders, we faced and we will face enormous challenges more because we have to just to build more network uh, with different regions, with uh, different actors. Uh, in the context of recovery, for example, of Ukraine, we are put on the table uh, the question how this process of recovery, of reconstruction of Ukraine will be, uh, will be on the fair approach with a focus on the needs of ordinary people, working people, soldiers, their family, or we will face another bad examples of presence of oligarchs in Ukrainian uh, economy and Ukrainian political system. It means that using this opportunity, I call all our partners uh, in the European Social Democratic family to support us because I think we are quite unique uh, for Ukrainian <laughs> political and NGO uh, spectrum. And it means that we need in Ukraine progressive political uh, platform for tackling uh, these challenges that we are facing now and we will face after the end of war. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I really admire uh, your work and uh, your commitment. And let me just uh, say that um, obviously FEPS um, also remains committed to promoting, uh, first of all, the understanding of um, uh, the situation and this dramatic year, uh, which is a historical turning point, but also our role to promote solidarity, uh, also in the coming difficult period. I have to agree uh, with you that the coming months probably will be as hard as the, the months uh, which are behind us. Um, and um, at the same time, uh, we should remain in contact. And I think we will uh, have many other opportunities, either organized by the Social Democratic Platform of Ukraine or organized by FEPS in Brussels for European Union member organizations in order to develop our agenda and, um, if possible, foster uh, the action which would help you to success. Could I just uh, once, <laughs> one last but maybe not least message? opportunity uh, i'm thinking about also practical support that uh, for example our progressive colleagues from different political parties can do i think it's quite uh, necessary for for all social democrats to be more pro-ukrainian proactive and maybe to have more visits uh, to ukraine to kiev it's not the safest mm -hmm. place unfortunately but as we see uh, now we uh, have a lot of visits from different leaders and also social democratic leaders it means that only with this uh, sometimes physical presence you can inspire more yourself mm -hmm. and make this solidarity more practical. This is a fantastic proposal. I can only tell you on behalf of FEPS that uh, in connection with the war in the past year we had uh, conferences in Vienna as well as Warsaw and as soon as the security situation allows of course we will um, intend to go to Ukraine itself 
um, not only in partnership with uh, the social democratic platform, but um, indeed we have been contacting think tanks with a progressive profile um, in the past uh, period. So I think um, if if everyone follows this advice, indeed, we can uh, demonstrate this uh, hugely important solidarity and the fact that we are basically in a new chapter of history as compared to one or two years uh, before. So I thank you again and I thank our listeners for uh, their attention. And obviously, we will come with further analysis and discussions on uh, the war in Ukraine also in the future. Thank you again. Thanks a lot. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.